0: This week on the podcast, a little nonprofit news for the week of June 21st. Here with me, just Carisha. Happily, Carisha and I are going to take you through the news this week. Nick, taking some time off. Carisha, what do we have in the news?
1: Yeah, uh, we can start with our big headlines for this week, um, aka our at a glance. Our first headline reads that. Charitable giving reaches an all-time high in 2020. A report from Giving USA reports that U.S. Char- charitable giving has reached an all-time high of approximately 47 471 billion dollars. Um, of course, 2020 was a big year. If you think about Giving Tuesday and end of year giving, whether for your nonprofit, I know a lot of our clients saw a peak uh, in some of their giving trends, but. As we can imagine, a lot of that has been fueled by the unprecedented pandemic, as well as um, some rising tensions in terms of racial justice and racial violence. Um, So we're seeing about 5.1% increase um, from 2019 to 2020 and 3.81% when adjusted for inflation. Um, And experts note that a strong finish by financial markets, including the S&P 500, likely contributed to the spike as well. Um, and there are also some trends as it relates to specific nonprofits. So nonprofits that relate to civil rights organizations and civil rights and things like that did see more of an increase, Where as nonprofits that are focused on perhaps the arts, cultures or specific diseases um, saw a little bit of a decrease there.
0: Yeah, it was it was interesting to see that uh, report come out. I was I was actually pleasantly surprised because I thought that corporate giving drop off would have affected more, but frankly, the boosted a lot more by foundation stepping up a lot more, increasing that 19%. And then the largest part of the pie always is individual donors uh, that you know increased by two percent, but two percent of something that's usually up upwards of 60% of the total pie means uh, quite a big difference uh in those in those donations. Uh DAFs also up as well in terms of people giving there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exciting stuff. And really important to keep in mind, especially as you go into your 2021 end of year giving. Um, maybe you'll see some drops because of that big spike in 2020, but um important to keep those kind of circumstances in mind as you look at year over year trends too. Our next at a glance, um, Juneteenth is now a federal holiday. Um, Congress has overwhelming overwhelmingly approved a bill making Juneteenth a federal holiday nationally recognized holiday. Um, The House of Representatives voted on it 415-14, to and June 19th will be the official day commemorating um, the end of slavery in America, but more specifically um, when the last enslaved peoples in Texas were freed. Um, And this is a big moment, right? The last time federal holiday had been Authorized was for MLK Day, and that was back in 1983. So about a 40-year difference there from um, the last day off that we've seen.
0: Incredible to see, and obviously signed into uh, signed into law on the day. So very, you know, very meaningful and ceremonial. It, you know, it's a big deal to add a holiday. Quite a big deal because you're shutting down official markets, and that has direct impact sometimes Absolutely. on uh, on on GDP. I'm excited for next year too when it's. Uh, recognized and it has a lot more uh, adoption uh, also by nonprofits, planning various days of action, planning awareness campaigns, parades. Like it, it'll be uh, amazing to see how America uh, embraces this uh, holiday, but day of remembrance and, and what they do with
1: it. Yeah, I know that there are already a lot of Juneteenth events happening, at least in New York. So excited to see how that kind of grows as we go into 2022. Okay we can jump to the summary. This is our list of headlines that you guys can check out in our nonprofit newsfeed. So our first headline reads, nonprofit journalism grew in 2020 and individual donors play a pretty large part in that. Um, if you've been listening to our nonprofit newsfeed podcast for a while, you know that we've been kind of looking at the idea of nonprofit journalism as kind of news sources and a new kind of uh, structure for spreading, generating news and things like that, Um, and how a lot of people have been donating to these new organizations, these new companies that are nonprofits, um, that are new sources. Um, So there was an increase in foundation support and individual giving for nearly two-thirds of nonprofit news outlets, um, according to NeimanLab.org, but there was a decrease in earned revenue for about half of them. Um, so again, this is coming off of the chaos and uncertainty, of course, as 2020, still feels like 2020, to be honest, um, kind of reared around. Um, and just taking a look at the financial growth of nonprofit news, especially looking at the Institute for Nonprofit, non-profit News, or IN.
0: Yeah, looking at that increase, they are saying that number of people who gave nonprofit news outlet, a small dollar contribution jumped by almost 50, 50, percent from 2019 to 2020. And I think that also plays into this larger narrative of subscription news of people paying for trust, trust in news and reporting. And it's great to see in the, in the sector.
1: Yeah, exactly. Our next headline reads National Young Farmers Coalition, um, the Young Farmers 2020 Accountability Report. Um, So this is a new thing from the National Young Farmers Coalition. And essentially they are releasing a report to make sure that it accounts for the organization's efforts to advance racial justice in agriculture and shares the overarching framework of their organization's racial equity transformation. This includes things like goals, achievements, and even missteps. Um, so you can take a look there and kind of see how they're holding themselves accountable. Um, and also kind of an interesting twist on an annual report.
0: (laughs) Yeah. For nothing else. Take a look at the report. It's like really well, that uh, laid out. Well, it's really great to see.
1: Our next headline reads the Girl Scouts are stuck with over 15 million boxes of unsold cookies. I am a fan of Girl Scout cookies and love when it's Girl, Girl Scout cookie season. And now that I'm thinking back on it, I don't think there was any defining mark for when people were selling cookies. But of course, that's because we were at home. Um, and you know, most of Girl Scout cookies are sold in person, whether it's outside of your local supermarket or if it's uh, in your office. Somebody's mom or dad or parent is selling their kids cookies. Um, but overall. The Girl Scouts were left with a lot of cookies unsold, um, and can really be attributed to less in-person interaction.
0: Patricia, would you say that Girl Scout cookie sales are thinning? <laughs> I'm so pleased with myself. You right
1: could now. say that. <laughs> uh,
0: we did actually report and make that exact joke when we were talking about the the local. I think it was in Atlanta. Uh, some of those cookie sales, but it's you know it's a major deal when you're talking about uh, that level of. Um, Funding and any the in-person impact. I, I wonder what'll happen next year is increase in remote, right? Remote work happens, right? Like that whole, you go to the office and sign people up. Um, you know, and Kevin from the office is like the whale who buys all the cookies. Like, what does that mean when people are working remotely? We'll see, yeah. we'll see.
1: Yeah, I will say I did buy Girl Scout cookies this year. You can actually buy them online from your local troop. And I bought like eight boxes because I think you can only buy them in bulk. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the only, the only book sales. Are you sure? <laughs> you click the button, you're like obviously ordering in units of like five. You're like, huh. All right.
1: like I'm not Costco, mad. Costco meets thing.
0: Girl Scouts. Girl
1: Scout meets Girl Scouts. That could be a thing. That could definitely be a thing. Um great. And then our last headline in our summary. Reads, Mackenzie Scott's latest round of $2.7 billion in gifts prioritizes philanthropy infrastructure. Um, so we've kind of been following Mackenzie Scott and her kind of giving to the nonprofit industry. Previously, I think she did a pretty large donation to individual um, organizations and more on-the-ground grassroots organizations. But this round is focusing more on uh foundations and particularly like the philanthropy. Um, So among the list of grantees this time are organizations like Candid, Giving Tuesday, United Philanthropy Forum, uh, Asian Americans in Philosophy, Change Philanthropy, uh, and these are just to name a few. Um, So interesting to see kind of the pattern and the people and organizations, foundations that she's giving to and what that means for um, the nonprofit industry as a whole.
0: Yeah, she gave you know upwards of you know, four four bills away last year, almost moving the needle on individual giving herself. Um, and uh, it's interesting to see the the sort of impact it has when she she makes these these types of moves. And um, following in this, uh, you know, good to see the transparency in grantees and grantees and what's involved.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great point. I think the transparency is also really nice. Um, you can kind of see exactly where she's putting her money who she's supporting. Um, and there's no kind of like smoke and mirrors around it, which is exciting to see. Alrighty, I think we can move into our feel good stories from the sector. Um, today we'll be focusing on our second headline, which reads, "Nonprofit helps prisoners connect with their children on Father's Day. Um, Father's Day was this past Sunday, not to date our podcast too much, But this nonprofit, um, according to News on Six from Oklahoma City, says that they were helping inmates, um, those who are incarcerated, contact, reach, and talk to their children on Father's Day, um, which is really, really big, right? When you're incarcerated, um, it can be really hard to connect with your family, to see your children um, in a way that's kind of joyful in that sense. So really great work to see. um, And these people um, were really excited about
0: it. Yeah, the work uh, being done by uh, Prison Fellowship uh, seems to be uh, having, having an impact. And, and I think there's just uh, so little attention resource paid to the people that serve their time in prison and, and pay that debt and then still continue to pay it uh, as they as they leave, especially looking at it from the lens of fathers. So it's nice to see this story pop up. All right. Nonprofit dot com. That's where we have weekly emails and obviously this podcast available for you to stay on top of the nonprofit news in the sector. Thanks, Grisha. This has been Using the Whole Whale podcast. If you want to keep learning more about these topics and others, head on over to wholewhale.com slash university to keep learning with us. Thanks as always to GregThomasMusic.org for his tunes that underwrite our tracks. They're fantastic. Hope you're doing well, Greg. And just a reminder, subscribes really help us on any platform that you listen to us on. Please give a thought to click and subscribe and maybe even a comment because we like hearing from you.